another trade. Can the NBA stop doing this when I'm asleep? Terry Rogier heads to Miami. Let's take a look at what we need to look at. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and sorry, I'm a bit tired. I just got back from a night out with Glenn Maxwell. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble at TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Are you double banging? you single banging? You zero banging? Well, you wouldn't be because you're watching. But if you are here on the video, go and hit the thumbs up, the subscribe, the bell, the comments, leave it down below. What do you think of this trade? Where does this push Miami? in the chase for an NBA championship? Where does it put Charlotte in the chase for being even worse than they already are? I guess we'll find out. Trade deadline show. All the trades are happening already. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more going on trade deadline day, though, Thursday, February 8th. 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Go pre-like, pre-bang it, and put it in your calendars. Okay. So, like I said, we are talking about a trade that went down. Terry Rogier heads sort of out of nowhere from Charlotte to Miami. Um, in exchange... Kyle Lowry, and a protected first-round pick. So, not very much. It's not like Rogier was uh, an expiring contract either. They just were like, that's all we're giving. And Charlotte went, cool. Charlotte's also um, coming out and saying that, um, you know, we're not done. There's other stuff that's going to happen here. What does that mean? Uh, Miles Bridges would be the guy that I'd look at. Of course, he has complete veto power over where he can get traded. He is on an expiring contract, and it never seemed... This is what always confused me. They were never, to me, in any position to bring him back this season. Um, they're losing every game, so they play him 38 minutes a night while the guy they extended, PJ Washington, plays 25 minutes. And I'm not here to argue that Miles Bridges is worse or better than PJ Washington. That's not really the point. The point is taking this gigantic PR hit from taking Bridges back, playing him every minute under the sun in a situation where you're just not going to, we're not going to keep him. I just never understood anything that they did in this situation. But that is the Charlotte Hornets uh, motto, isn't it? You won't understand what we do. And... You'll probably be right because we're terrible. So what happened in the trade? Let's talk about the actual moves that went down or the move that went down. Terry Rogier joins the Miami Heat. Out goes Kyle Lowry and a protected first. Okay. Fine. Pretty basic deal. On the other side of it, well, obviously, it's exactly the same. The Hornets get Kyle Lowry and a protected first and out goes Terry Rogier. So... It doesn't appear like Charlotte is going to buy Terry, uh, to Kyle Lowry out at this point. Remember, the buyout rules are a bit different this season. When you get bought out, the amount of teams that can sign you uh, is reduced because of tax apron rules. So it's not as... And, you, know, you know I always had buyouts. So I applaud the NBA doing anything they possibly can to um, change the the uh, mechanisms behind them. They're always so, like, just send sec- send two second round picks. Do something versus a team having go, oh, I, I guess we'll just be a good bloke. You can go where you want. No, get something out of it. The, the buyout rules, I think, are a better way of at least giving something to the worst teams to help them improve. 
and saving money, could not give a shit what these rich assholes um, save money. Don't care in the slightest. Get something to actually help the team win. So I do like that rule. So, you know, it, it is hard to analyze the Hornets because A, in the next two weeks, there might be plenty more moves that go down with this squad. And the move that did happen here with Kyle Lowry arriving, who who even knows whether he stays on this, or he doesn't, I don't think he's going to stay on this team. So it is hard to get a full analysis of, of what we need to look at with this squad, but we're here to do it. We're going to do it now. Now, this is one of those trades where you go, wow, that's big, man. Terry Rozier has been awesome in fantasy this season. He's a pretty good player. It helps the Heat in a significant area of need. And then you look at it from a fantasy point of view and you go, I don't really know if anything happened. Like, did anything change much? Are we running out to do anything? I don't think so. Like, there's nothing that stands out and I go, wow, this is an absolute gigantic must-roster, must-add scenario. You're not like the quickly scenario in that first trade. Not even like the the value of a buddy heel jumping up in the Pacers um, Raptors trade. Nothing like that. There's And this is going to be a lot of the case. Again, me trying to tell you to come watch the trade deadline show. As I here to tell you that like most things, not much will happen uh, in terms of valuation changes in fantasy. But it's another one of these. The thing that happens, again, side note, you know we love one. The, usually the biggest things that happen at a trade deadline in terms of fantasy value is people lose value. You don't get you don't often get gigantic swathes of people jumping up into these huge must roster guys. You might get one or two guys that step up, but a lot of the time it's like, oh, well, this guy was top 50, now he's top 70. Or the 80th ranked player becomes unrosterable, or the 170th best player is now a fringe stream guy. That's usually what happens. Most of the time it's players, you get more players losing value than you do gaining value. And I think <clears throat> I think that might be the case in this one as well. But again, we still have to try and figure this out. Now, we all know that Kyle Lowry had been benched by the Heat, so he won't be in that start, or he wasn't in that starting line. But anyway, but that was starting Caleb Martin and Nikola Jovic. There's still no Jaime Hakez over there as well. I just think that Terry Rogier jumps in, and it's either Martin or Jovic that moves to the bench. It could end up being both of them, but we haven't really seen Hakez play at power forward at all this season. He's really only played small forward. He's played a bit of power forward in terms of reserve grouping, but he has never started there. They've never gone with him in that spot. So I think it's um, one of those ones where Rogier replaces either Martin or Jovic, and then Hakez could replace the other guy, but he also might not, uh, leaving us in a situation where he comes off the bench. For the Hornets, I don't think that Kyle Lowry will start. I don't think well, Kyle Lowry we know is... Uh, what's, uh, what's the term the kids say? He has been pretty poor this season. I don't think he's going to start next to Lamelo, but he's going to have a role on this squad. Um, whether he can, whether the fact that he was just one of the most insanely low usage players in the NBA was because of surroundings or because that's where he is in his career, uh, I guess we're going to get somewhat of an answer to that coming up as well. But that's um, that's where we're at with that, and I'm going to come back and look at winners and losers in just a sec. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the NFL playoffs. We are down to four. 32 teams started, four teams remain, but that doesn't mean that it's too late for you to get in on the action with FanDuel Sportsbook. No, by but to the contrary, it is still plenty of time to get in on the action at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because if you're a new customer, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you got to do is place a $5 bet. It does not even matter whether that bet wins or loses. Now, you could have been stupid like me and said, oh, the Hornets are getting Lamello back. Miles Bridges is going to play. Um, you will take the over on their wins. And then you go, geez, Josh, what are you doing? But I, even though I'm going to lose that bet, very clearly, I'd still get the $150 in bonus bets back. Easy stuff. 
Because even though I'm an idiot, I still get those bonus bets. And then with those bonus bets, you can go and explore the app. It's so easy to use. In fact, they've even got something so straightforward that's called the Explore tab, which enables you to explore what's on Fangio. Look, the naming is unbelievable. They've also got the Parlay Hub. And in the manner of all straightforwardness, guess what that has? Parlays. So live same game parlays. Parlays that other people have created. Your own parlays that you put in there. The straightforward nature of the FanDuel app is actually mind-blowing. So go ahead and check out FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first better layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Their other motto is don't bet on the Charlotte Hornets, but they can't put that in print. I just have to ad-lib that after the ad is actually over. That's where we're at with them. All right. So um, like I said, just a quick update on the trade because I just I like the graphics. Rogier moves to Miami. Bang, bang, bang. Um, Kyle Lowry moves to Charlotte. So what should we look at? The winners and the losers. Like And like I mentioned, like I'm not really sure that we get these big, big changes happening right across the board, but we'll talk about it. There are... And now, I've got a huge list of winners here, so you're going to say, Josh, that's contradictory, and that's fine. Brandon Miller is a winner. Brandon Miller had really struggled this season. Um, until about the last three games. His shot has not been there at all. And honestly, I, I was preparing the buy low, sell high show and he was going to be on the sell high show and he might still be. But I'm not, I'm debating whether, I think I might keep him on that sell high show. But he's going to get um, a value bump. And the reason he's going to get a value bump is the usage change from Terry Rogier to Kyle Lowry, just straight up one for one, is enormous. So that doesn't mean that one player gets all those shots. They just get spread around. So there's a little bit of extra there. And the worry we had with Miller is that when Gordon Haywood eventually was unwrapped from the crypt, that he would move into a 28-minute night uh, a night roll off the bench like we saw many times. His efficiency has been a problem for big chunks of the season, and he just doesn't do anything else really at this point. But now he gets the opportunity for a little bit more ball handling. He's not good at it, but he gets a little bit more of a chance to do that. He gets more of a chance for minutes to secure in 30-plus minutes. And whether that means the shooting's better or not, it probably means it's worse, but at least the minutes and the volume are able to increase there. I've got Cody Martin as a winner as well, because somebody has to step into the Rogier starting spot. I don't know that it'll be, I don't think it'll be Kyle Lowry. And again, we're sort of looking at this from a Gordon Haywood is absent point of view. Because when Haywood returns, I'm going to guess it's just going to be Ball, Miller, Haywood, Bridges, um, uh, the corpse of Mark Williams slash Nick Richards. With Haywood out, obviously Miller will start, and then they can go with Cody Martin. They could go with Bryce McGowan's, but they won't. But they will go with Cody Martin in that situation. I guess they could go with Kyle Lowry. I don't think you want Lowry and Ball together, but I guess you could do that. You don't. I think Cody Martin will be the guy. Steve Clifford loves him, and he'll play seven games in a row until he hurts his knee. But in deeper leagues, his ability to generate steals is really high, Cody Martin, and that gives him an appeal, sort of like a a worse Nick Batum from a fantasy perspective, which has 14-team league value. I wouldn't rule out Kyle Lowry having back-end 12 value. I think he's on the, on the fence in terms of being a stream guy in 12-team leagues. I do think that his usage will rise from where it was in Miami. I We have been saying that this team has just been calling out for a point guard for years, a backup point guard. They were running Teo Maladon and bloody Ish Smith. 50-year-old is Smith this season was running that role. And now they legitimately have a backup point guard who can share the court a little bit with LaMelo Ball. If they do decide to start Lowry, then I'd be okay with him as a 12-team option at least to see where it goes. I just don't think they'd do it. But I do think that he can play 25 to 26 minutes on this team because, again, the backup guard spot is weird. The problem we have here is I don't know that he stays on this team. In fact, it would seem pretty silly 
that he does. But what are they trading for? Maybe a second round pick later on? That's possible too. So we've got another rotation spot that opens up. And I do think, well, at the moment, and I've been saying this for about four or five weeks, that Nick Smith is in the rotation. And we have to watch for him later in the season. Now, at the moment, he's actually not a very good fantasy player. He doesn't get any steals or blocks. His rebound and assist rate is low. His shooting numbers from the field and the line are both horrible. Like they are, They're all really bad numbers at this point. But that doesn't preclude them from changing. Like He might be able to improve. The problem is, is he's going to be those one, that one where a lot of people run out to grab Nick Smith. But there, there's not a one-for-one one here. This is not Terry Rozier's 36 minutes turn into Nick Smith's 36 minutes. It'll be more to Cody Martin. Kyle Lowry, I'm guessing, will play. They don't have a capable backup. But Smith does get a bit of a bump. If you look what he's done, he's played 15 minutes a game this season. Six points, 1.7 rebounds, 1.1 assists with 0.1 steal. He's had three steals for the season. Three steals for the season. He's had seven blocks for the season out of nowhere as well. He's shooting 42 from the field, but that's down to 41 over the last 15 games. 75 from the line. Um, And he's doing that, which is completely bumped up by the fact he's hitting 46% from three. His two-pointers are at 39%, which is a a horrific number. Do you say a horrific or an horrific number? I think there's debate about that. I think I say a... I do say a horrific. Um, Yeah, so even if I pumped big minutes into him, the per number, the per minute numbers are shocking. Like they're not very good, and he's doing this on twenty-one usage. Like there's a low, terribly low assist rate, assist per thirty-six, two point six, uh-huh. steals 0. 0.3. rebounds three point nine, fifteen points per thirty-six on twenty-one usage is not that good. True shooting of like fifty-four, well below league average, which is on the way down. So no, I'm not adding Nick in ten or twelve or 14-team leagues, I would consider in 16. The other one is Bryce McGowan, who actually has shot the ball decently well this season, but they've sort of taken him out of the rotation. Also, remember, Lowry is coming over and taking two-thirds of Rozier's minutes. So it's not just a free-for-all of all 35 minutes and all all the touches of Rozier available for everybody. And then at some point, we're reintegrating Haywood. But this could all just turn tits up in the next five minutes because Haywood might move, Bridges might move. Um, I don't think anyone else really is going to get traded. Cody Martin, who knows? There's a lot of different guys who can move here. But McGowan's is averaging five points on 44% shooting in 17 minutes with a usage of 14, averaging under one assist per game. There's nothing good about him either, but these are just deeper league. Hey, maybe we see what goes on there. And then the value of LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, and Gordon Haywood does rise because Rogier was a decent usage player who was getting good assist numbers. So the, the shots do need to go somewhere, and they will go to Ball. They will go to Bridges. They will go to Haywood. But then, of course, the Haywood situation, the Bridges situation, they might not be on the team in a week's time. And then the risk you're going to have, and I, I don't like I don't like saying, because it generally isn't a thing that is a big deal, but the LaMelo Ball ankle problem, if he gets an injury at any point coming up in the next few weeks, you worry about the rest of his season, like legitimately, because they're obviously not going anywhere. But I also would think that they'd want him to at least get you know, some games in. It's all well and good to say, well, we'll sit you down and protect you. But when you haven't played really for two years, you'd like to get some playing time in and see how that works with your, um, your number two overall pick and give Miller a little bit of a better environment in which to be able to develop. I would think you would do that. So while I, I do think there is some risk if Ball gets hurt, I don't think there's going to be this absolute like long run-up shutdown scenario. Again, my thing is always going to be in April, sure, don't expect LaMelo to play. We know this. this is why we don't play in April. But 
I think if you've got the correct schedule on your league, you should be okay, but it is a risk because if he gets hurt, that's when things start to become a problem and that's where there's no way that they're rushing things back and this team could be an absolute goldmine and then we are using Nick Smith and bloody like Amari Bailey or Leaky Black or Jesus Christ, James Booknight even, although they hate that bloke so much they wouldn't play him anyway even if everyone was out. So there is um, a lot of different ways that can go. But at the moment, I would just make sure that Miller is not available and I would go and add him. I would consider Cody Martin and Kyle Lowry in any deeper deeper than standard 12. Like if you've got an extra two roster spots in a 12-team league, you, you look at them. If you're in a 14-team, you look at them. And then Nick Smith is just a speculative ad, but man, he would need to get a lot more minutes and he would need to up all of his usage, uh, not his usage, all of his rates, but all of his efficiency as well. And, and that's a pretty big ask for a guy like that who had efficiency problems coming into the league to begin with. So that is a, a tough thing to ask for. Today's episode is also brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Yes, because it's not you going up against um, all these pros. You're not going up into a contest with thousands of other people. It is you battling valiantly against the projections. Price Picks chucks the numbers up and you sit there, you look at them and you go, hmm, I think more or I think less. There's so many different sports. There are so many different players they chuck out there. There are so many different stats. It might be points or rebounds, assists or steals or blocks or threes or fantasy points or whatever. Receptions, touchdowns, rushing yards, passing yards. I don't even know if they have interceptions. Maybe they have that as well. But so many different options at uh, PricePix. You put between two to six of those into an entry and you can win up to 25 times your money back. So go to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepix.com slash locked on NBA. The code is locked on NBA and you get $100 first deposit match. PricePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, now let's look at the losers. It's just the Hornets because they're a shit organization. But in reality for fantasy, well, that sounds dumb, doesn't it? Uh, reality fantasy, Terry Rozier is a loser. He was, he, he is going to be on the buy low, sell high show today because he was the guy we had on the sell high list two weeks ago and we were reassessing how we did on that. Spoiler, very bloody well. He is not going to hit back to top 20 or top 30 numbers. He was rolling with good usage and a really high assist rate and those two things will not sustain. Now, Terry Rozier is a pretty good player. But you're going from a situation now where you're playing with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. And all of those guys do need the ball in their hands to a degree. On Charlotte, Lamelo Ball did so much of it, and then he was out, so Terry Rozier ran the show. Tyler Hero can run the show. Jimmy Butler, that is what he does. Bam Adebayo, one of the better passing centers in the NBA. He can run the offense as well. So Rozier, I think, also won't play those 36 minutes a night. The Heat don't do that as a general rule. He'll probably get 34. His usage will probably come down. And the counter to that, I'm sure you guys will say is, but Josh, now he's surrounded by better players. His efficiency will come up, and that just isn't a thing that you can bank on. It might happen, but it also might not. That is one of those things that we think is intuitive, but my data in looking at this shit for years suggests that it's just hit or miss. It's hit or miss. Like, it might happen, it might not. As a, again, side note, whenever I hear Charlotte and Miami which is the trade we got here. I don't know, what does your brain go to? My brain, you might say, hey, it automatically goes to Alonzo Mourning, and that's fine. My brain goes to that crazy first round playoff series about, when was it, like 2018 or 17 maybe? I don't know, I don't remember. Um, where they were in the first round, we go, this is going to be a boring series, and it was pretty low, low scoring, slug it out. And then Dwayne Wade turned into Steph Curry, and he just couldn't miss threes. He was just banging in like four threes a game, like out of nowhere after he'd hit like 10 combined for the season. And then he just went bananas in that, in that playoff series against Kemba Walker and the Hornets, and just started nailing them from everywhere. That's for some reason what is burnt into my head when I talk Hornets heat. 
Side note. So I think Rogier's a loser. I do think that Hero, Butler, and Adebayo are losers as well, but not by much. But it's all just little bits, little bits and pieces. Do they lose a shot each? Maybe. Does Hero lose two assist opportunities a game, which means like 0.7 assists? Does Butler lose that? Does Adebayo lose that? Possibly. The impact of a Rogier, who's a better player than Lowry, joining the team, Rogier doesn't move into Lowry's role. He won't play Lowry's 22 minutes. He won't have Lowry's 9% usage. That's an exaggeration, but it was like 10% or 12% or whatever. He comes in. He, I'd say he settles back more into what he was two years ago, Rogier, in terms of usage and assist rate, which was way lower. And again, you could say they don't really have a point guard. Well, Rogier is also not a point guard. He plays one on a dysfunctional team, but he's not a point guard. And the assist numbers he was putting up this season were out of control. They were astronomical for what he has been at any point in his career, even last season when LaMelo was out. And I just don't think there's any way that that holds. So I think he's going to suffer a big drop in assist numbers. He's going to suffer a hit in usage. He's going to suffer a hit in minutes, Terry Rogier. So he was a guy that you might have thought was top 30. I didn't. You might have thought was top 40. I didn't. I had him around the 50 mark. I don't anymore. I've got him around the 70 to 80 mark. Rest of the season. I think that's I think that's relatively reasonable. With a cut in minutes, usage, and assist numbers, very hard for me to see Rogier getting back to that top level. So he loses. And then these other guys lose a little bit as well. But you've got them all. What are you going to do? You can't you're not doing anything with Hero, Butler, Adebayo, Rogier. I think Huckers is a loser too. Because A, he's injured. B, he was thriving in a situation where there are a lot of players out at the moment. He's the only one out. And there's a better player that jumps ahead of him in the pecking order. So Huckers may not start. He may not play 30 minutes, and he's just almost definitely not going to do enough for fantasy. I've been saying that Huckers is a drop in points leagues. I obviously stand by that, and I would be okay moving on in category leagues. And then all these other randoms like Caleb Martin and Nikola Jovic who are starting at the moment. Now, Jovic is starting and playing 15 minutes a night. Obviously, we're not rostering him anywhere. He's probably going to be out of the rotation. Caleb Martin was just pushing up, touching the cloth of a 14-team league, maybe a 12-team league value. He's not going to do that anymore. He might continue to start. They might decide that Huckers is the starting power forward. I don't know. But I'm not going to be looking at him. And Josh Richardson's in real trouble. He played like 10 minutes last game. He might be out of the rotation too. It also hurts the stream value of a Duncan Robinson in that scenario too, but it's clearly an upgrade for the Heat. But when you upgrade your team, you downgrade the value of a lot of the other pieces. And I think that is basically exactly what is going on here with this trade. And just again, to recap it, just so we can have sexy graphics on the screen, Terry Rogier heads from Charlotte to Miami. A first round pick, which is protected, um, moves from uh, Miami to Charlotte along with the double cheeked up legend, Kyle Lowry. Unfortunately, it's not out here on a... Is it double-checked up on the third? It is a, is it Thursday or Tuesday? Anyway, for me, it's a Wednesday, so it's not a day that starts with T, so I can't make that joke as much as I want to. Guys, go ahead and double-bang the video and the audio. Thumb it up, notification bell, leave your comments down below, and I want your reactions to the trade in the comments as well. Guys, we are done here. There's going to be a lot of shows today. may not be a pregame because there's a lot of shit going on, but we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and for watching. See ya.